0: Welcome to the Word of God with Father Reed Henserling at All Saints Episcopal Church in Lakeland, Florida. We're so glad that you could join us today. We're looking at proper 22 and we'll be looking at three different texts in the Old Testament. We'll be looking at the end of the book of Hosea on Sunday and Monday, Hosea 13 and Hosea 14. And on Tuesday through Saturday, we'll be looking next at the book of Micah. Now, these are Minor prophets, Hosea to Malachi, the last 12 books of the Old Testament are the minor prophets, and so we'll be looking at each of these minor prophets. The New Testament reading is taken from Acts, and we've been in Acts for quite a while. We are nearing the end of Acts, Acts 22 to Acts 25 is what we are looking at from Monday through Saturday. Saturday. On Sunday, there's a fabulous reading from 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 16 that has to do with uh, the Spirit of God and under- having the mind of Christ and um, being spiritually discerning in your life. I strongly recommend that text to you. And then finally, we have the book of Luke. Now, our Gospel reading, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, remember, the four Gospels. We're looking at Matthew chapter six thirty nine through the end of the week. Luke chapter 8 through verse 25. So we'll be looking at Luke 6, 7, and 8, Acts 22 to 25, the end of Hosea, and the beginning of Micah, or most of Micah. So we're going to begin by looking at the book of Hosea, the 13th chapter, and what you see throughout the book of Hosea and these other prophets, including the major prophets. Remember that's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, the four major prophets, is this relationship between God and his people where the people obey the Lord, but then they fall away. They cry out to God, cry out to God, and he saves them. He also judges them. He also pours out his wrath upon them. But his desire is to save and to preserve them. Now, the ultimate reason for that preservation is to bring the Messiah into the mix, And, of course, we know that happens in Jesus about 6 B.C. Chapter 13, verse 4, I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. You know no God but me, and besides me there is no Savior. Very well defined about who God is and the fact that they need to know him, and he is the one true God, and outside of him there is no salvation. It was I, verse 5, who knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought, But when they had gazed, they became full, they were filled, and their heart was lifted up, and they forgot me. So people forget the Lord, they move on to other things, their heart gets filled, they get distracted, they go to other matters. So he says, I am to them like a lion, like a leopard, I will lurk beside the way, I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will tear open their breast and their... I will devour them like a lion as a wild beast would rip them apart. So there is, he destroys you, O Israel, for you are against me, against your helper. So there's the wrath of God. Where is your king to save you in all your cities? Where are your rulers? Who's going to save you? Who's going to help you? Nobody can help you. I'm the only one that can help you. But then later on, he says, I shall ransom them from the power of Sheol, from the power of Hades, hell, if you will. I shall redeem them from death. So God is going to save us. So in chapter 14, he says to return to the Lord your God. You have stumbled because of your iniquity. Return to the Lord in verse 2 of chapter 14. Return to the Lord. Accept what is good. I will hear their apostasy. I will love them freely. My anger has turned from them. So God is turning his wrath toward them, and now he's turning it away from them. And, of course, that's what they want because they will not survive. They will not be blessed unless God is on their side. Last verse of Hosea 14. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let he know them. Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. So one of the most important principles in life, The ways of God are right. If you are upright, if you are righteous and you seek to obey the Lord, you walk in those things. That's why it's so important to know the scriptures because you'll know right from wrong. But if we sin against the Lord and we do not do what he says, we will stumble. So after Hosea is Joel and then Amos, I'm just following them in order. Then we come to Obadiah, which is one chapter, Obadiah, And then we go to Jonah, famous Jonah, and then we go to Micah. So we'll be looking at Micah. And Micah is speaking in the time of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, in the day of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw, verse 1, chapter 1, concerning Samaria and Jerusalem and he is speaking. He's speaking about the coming destruction that God is going to bring. For behold, verse 3, the Lord is coming out of his place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth, and the mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will be split open like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. Beautiful language, beautiful imagery. Okay, And it's just a very strongly and beautifully poetic way to describe the, the destruction that's coming upon them. Woe to those who devise wickedness, chapter 2, verse 1, and look, work evil on their beds. We look at chapter 2, on verse 1 following, on Wednesday, and he talks about the oppressor. And he talks about, against this family, I'm devising disaster, says the Lord from which you cannot remove your necks, and you shall not walk heartily, for it will be a time of disaster. So God brings blessing for those that follow him, and he brings wrath for those who do not follow the Lord and do not do what he says. On Thursday, we we are looking at Micah chapter 3. And we have these wonderful prophecies. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, very dangerous thing to do, verse 5. They cry peace when they have something to eat, but declare war against them who put nothing in their mouths. And so again, he's talking about, as he goes through that chapter, he's talking about the dangers that are going to come with them and to them because of their disobedience against the Lord. And on Friday, we look at Micah 3, 9 to 4, 5. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, chapter 4, verse 2, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his path. And that's the desire. That's what one needs to do, is to walk in the paths of the Lord and be taught in his ways. You, you're you taught so you can know what path to take. If he doesn't teach you, you won't know what path to take. Very, very important. And finally, Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. And... um. Verse four, he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth and he shall be their peace. Well, who are they talking about? Well, you got to go to verse two. I bet you've heard this verse before. You, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be a ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is of old from ancient days. And so this is about the Messiah. This is about the Messiah who's going to come from Bethlehem. So Micah is the one that has that great prophecy about the coming of the Lord as the Messiah, which is the point of the whole thing. All right? So enjoy Hosea and Micah. Read them slowly and enjoy them uh, from the minor prophets' perspective. Now we go fast forward to Acts chapter 22, and we catch up once again with our friend Paul, who's in fairly, who's going to be in fairly serious danger. Chapter 22, beginning at the 30th verse, Paul is speaking. Paul has been captured. He'd gone to Jerusalem. He was told not to, but he went anyway, and he Uh, was practically almost killed, but a Roman uh, tribune saved him. He would have been killed without uh, some serious um, interjection from the Romans who saved him. Now, he was speaking to the Jewish people about what had gone on, and so, brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. Now, remember in Acts, we've talked about a soliloquies that we see with Paul and with Peter. James actually has one in Acts 15. Um, But he is explaining who he is. Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees, chapter 23, verse 6. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees were divided. And then the Lord comes to him. In verse 11, this is amazing scripture. Take courage, for you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify in Rome. So remember, people, that ultimately God is in charge. He is the one that's in charge. He directs history. He controls history. Uh, The sovereignty and the providence of God are very important concepts. Now, the Jews had made a plot by themselves in verse 12, by an oath neither to eat or drink till they killed Paul. So, it, Paul was in very, very, very serious danger. Very serious danger. And so, someone thankfully told the Romans about it. And Paul was taken out at night so that he could find a place to go that would protect him from these people that were trying to kill him. Look at verse 23 of chapter 23. Get ready, 200 soldiers, 200 with 70 horsemen, 200 spearmen, to go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night and provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring them safely to Felix the governor. And so they did. They were able to intercept this desire of the Jewish people to kill him. They had planned to kill Paul. And beginning on Thursday, we look at chapter 24. He appears before Felix at Caesarea. So he thankfully got down there safely, and now he appears before Felix. And Paul replies again in verse 10, okay? Again, another soliloquy, another, um, another message from Paul that he shares with us, okay? So I would commend your reading to that. Paul uh, is kept in custody. Felix keeps him in custody. He sins for Paul. He hears about faith in Christ Jesus. He loves listening to Paul. He loves talking to Paul. Can you imagine talking to Paul, the apostle, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, human being outside of Christ? Now, Paul, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and Felix left Paul in prison. Now, he could have gotten him out, but he chose not to do that. And so Paul appears to Caesar. Uh, uh, Paul appeals to Caesar in chapter twenty-five, and he appears before Agrippa and Bernice again. Another extraordinary text from uh, Paul in terms of just sharing where we are and the labors that he went through to share the gospel and to get away from these Jewish people. But the the idea was for God to use him so that he could get to Rome. His desire was to get to Rome and appeal to Caesar. All right? And when we get together next week, we will be looking at the fair, very famous 26th chapter of Acts with this amazing and third and final testimony about what happened on the road to Damascus. In Luke chapter 6, go to Luke chapter 6. As we look into the final readings uh, from this gospel, Jesus is in his ministry. He's going full bore. 39 to 49, he's talking about actually um, some of the words that are used in the uh, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, remember that. And so now we're seeing this from Luke's perspective. So that's a great read. Um, In chapter 7, we're looking at the healing of the centurion's servant and the raising of the widow's son from the dead. That's a very famous... uh, Remember, Jesus raises three people from the dead, the widow at Nain. Um, Jesus says, Young man, I say to you, arise. And he does. And so we have this fantastic miracle. Before that miracle is the centurion's, centurion's servant, Who was sick at the point of death highly valued by him and so this is a person that helped to build the Jewish synagogue and so he was a very very serious person and the Jewish people loved him and helped him and so Jesus um, goes to minister to him but the man says I too have a man set under authority with soldiers under me and I say to one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when Jesus heard these things he marvelled at him returning to the and turning to the crowd that followed him said I tell you not even in Israel have I found such faith so he basically said to Jesus you don't need to come to my house just say the word and my servant will be healed and when they had returned to their house the servant was well so for some reason that we don't completely understand the servant the centurion I'm sorry servant was healed by the faith of the centurion who did not need Jesus to come to his house to perform the miracle and of course Jesus didn't need to come to his house this man can raise people from the dead as we saw in the widow of Nain then we have messengers from John the Baptist are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another John the Baptist is in prison he's in bad bad shape and he's rotting in prison in fact he never gets out as all of you know Jesus had been healing people of diseases, plagues, evil spirits. The blind were seeing, dead were being raised. And Jesus famously answered them, which they took back to John. Verse 22 of chapter 7. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Beautiful line. Beautiful line. On Thursday, we're looking at John seven thirty six to 50. The woman that is forgiven, the woman that has uh, received forgiveness and blessed Jesus by wiping his feet with her tears. And of course, Jesus uses that to tell the person a beautiful story. Simon is the person. A certain money lender, verse 41, had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And he answered, Simon did, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said, you have judged rightly. And then he talked about the fact that Simon was not hospitable to this woman. And this woman had done great things for Jesus. She anointed uh, his feet with ointment. And then he says in verse 47, Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Very powerful. Uh, lots of levels to this particular story about forgiveness, about love, about the receiving forgiveness, about not receiving forgiveness, about faith, about the preciousness of faith and the importance of active faith in someone's life. Finally, in on Friday, we look at Luke 8 1 to 15 and 16 to 25. We see finally meet Mary Magdalene from whom seven demons have gone out. Remember, she was the one that came to Jesus first uh, at the tomb. The parable of the sower, remember that famous parable, and his interpretation of that. We see that through verse 15. And then finally, 16 to 25, we have a couple of beautiful um, stories. One about the mother and the brothers who who came to him but could not reach him because of the crowd. Your mother and brothers are waiting outside desiring to see you, you." but he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Beautiful line, chapter 8, verse 21. And then finally, the calming of the storm. They go on the other side of the lake. They're in great danger. They're on the Sea of Galilee. They're very afraid of dying. Jesus is sleeping. He is not worried at all. Master, master, we're perishing. He wakes up. He rebukes the wind and the wa- waves and they cease and there was calm. Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? So again, at the end of this uh, week, We're looking at what can Jesus do. Uh, We began in Hosea with chapter 13, and we looked at Acts and what Paul is dealing with after he got captured in Jerusalem and how he's going through different channels to finally meet Caesar in Rome. And then finally, in Luke chapter 6, 7, and 8, we see the miracles of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, the wise words of Jesus, words, of course, to meditate on the rest of your life. Lord God, bless each and every person with the word of the Lord. May everyone have a beautiful uh, week of study and reading and contemplation and reflection. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Blessings to all of you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week for the word of God.